Hello, and welcome to the Laws Evolve podcast. My name is Jack Hansen, and I'm a junior at Hersey High School in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And my name is Carter Thompson. I am also a junior at Hersey. On this episode of Laws Evolve, we're going to introduce how laws have changed over time. And uh, we're also going to cover how this podcast is going to look for the next few episodes. start off, we decided to talk about laws because they are important to protect our general safety and ensure our rights as citizens. Without laws, there would be no punishment, no code of conduct, and ultimately no rules. Without any of these, we would fail as a society. Exactly. Without laws, it would be like Lord of the Flies, no rules, and it's almost like a free-for-all. Too much freedom brings out the worst in society. True, that wouldn't be good, but we can get into that another day. We decided that it would be nice to research how laws have changed over time, starting in 1776, when the U.S. was founded, all the way up until today. we also be determining why certain laws changed and how they impacted our country. There There are several types of laws in this country. Some examples include criminal law, corporate law, international law, family law, property law, and many more. There are also state laws and federal laws. Federal laws apply to the nation, all 50 states, whereas state laws only affect that particular state. In order for a federal law to be passed, it has to be voted um, by the House of Representatives as well as the Senate. After that, it's passed on to the president, and he can choose whether he wants it to be a law. Yeah, some laws are quite bizarre and might need to be changed. Like, for example, did you know it's illegal to put ice cream on cherry pie in Kansas? Isn't that weird? Why do you think that was ever passed? Really, that's definitely a weird law. And I know this country is filled with many more like it. And not only weird laws, but ones that have completely transformed to keep up with the evolution of our country as well, which is what we're going to get into in the next few episodes. Yeah, in the next few podcasts, we're going to be covering new laws that were passed in the recent few years or even decades, as well as why they were passed. To go along with this, we're going to talk about how they benefited or negatively impacted the U.S. and why. We are also going to cover how some laws may have benefited this country if they were uh, passed a long time ago. Yeah. For a brief example, one type of law that has changed a lot has been immigration laws. The U.S. has been regulating immigration ever since it won its independence. There are several laws that have impacted immigration today, like, for example, the Immigration Act of 1924, which limited the number of immigrants allowed into the United States through a national origins quota or visa. In the next few podcasts, we will be talking about some laws that have changed over time, like drinking age. Before 1984, you could drink alcohol at the age of 18. But in uh, 1984, President Ronald Reagan signed the National Minimum 
Drinking Age Act, a law that required states to raise the drinking age to 21. Raising the drinking age benefited the country in many ways, which we will get into in the next episode. Yeah, we'll also be covering gun laws, which have seemed to differ a lot over the last few decades. Guns have recently become more and more difficult to purchase, and we will go over why and how that has impacted our country. We also discuss how immigration laws have started to evolve over the past few years, which has been a controversial topic and why they've changed as well. So to recap, you'll be hearing about uh, comparing new and old laws how laws have changed over the years, how laws have benefited or negatively impacted our country, and even some laws that would have improved the U.S. if they were passed decades ago. Yeah, we'll see you in the next episode of the Laws Evolve podcast. And thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to the Laws Evolve podcast. I'm Jack Hansen. And I'm Carter Thompson. Last episode, we talked about why laws change over time and gave you a brief introduction. Today, we're going to tell you some examples of laws that have changed over time and the impact that they had on our country. We're going to talk about when these laws were introduced as well as what they look like today and what kind of impact they had on our country due to the changes. An example of one law that has changed over time is the minimum voting age. Voting is a fundamental process in a democratic system, and it is very important. If people don't get to vote or don't choose to vote, they're missing out on a chance to stand up for our country and future generations. Voting gives people the chance to support candidates that can help you, your community, state, and nation. Voting also gives a chance for people to have a voice, and that is very important. Before 1970, American citizens had to be 21 years old to vote. The problem with this was it didn't allow some young, educated people to vote. Also, some people in the military thought that if they could join the military at age 18, they should also be able to vote. In the U.S. right now, there are over 12 million people that are from 18 to 21 years old that would not be able to vote. That means that 12 million people would be missing out on voting in every single election, and this is a problem. This problem was solved 50 years ago when Carl Albert endorsed a law that lowered the voting age to 18 years old. The amendment passed by a vote of 401 to 19 on March 23, 1970. This law empowered more young people than ever, ever before to help shape the U.S. Also, a lot of groups of people have gained the right to vote over time. When our country was first established, only white men aged 21 and older could vote. This could have changed the outcome of some elections back in the day because so many people who lived in the U.S. weren't allowed to vote. In 1868, African Americans who were former slaves gained the right to vote 
under the 14th Amendment. And in uh, 1870, it was announced that all races could vote. However, this did not mean Native Americans and women could vote. Uh, this would change in 1920 when the 19th Amendment was passed, and women ga- gained the right to vote in both state and federal elections. Then Native Americans became citizens with the Indian Citizenship Act of 1924, and the government allowed states to decide whether they allowed the Native Americans to vote. And uh, this was not changed until 1965, uh, where all Native Americans could vote. It's crazy how much our country has changed since the establishment of our nation, especially citizenship and voting rights. Yeah. Another policy or law we'll be covering today is about labor. Labor laws have many subcategories, but I found minimum wage to be one of the most prominent changes over time. For example, minimum wage now in 2020 is $10 an hour in Illinois, but back in 1960, it was only $1 an hour. That obviously doesn't seem like a lot to begin with, and even when inflation is accounted for, that still comes out to only $6 an hour now, according to stateofworkingamerica.org. Speaking of inflation, the price of bread nowadays is about $3.50 per loaf. But back in 1960, it was only about $0.20, cents, or one ninety after inflation is accounted for. In today's world... Minimum wage is definitely a controversial topic among nearly everybody. Some people say it'll be better for lower-income workers, while others say it'll just end up raising the price of goods and services and have nearly no positive effect. Looking at these numbers here, it is definitely hard to tell whether the minimum wage increase really did change up the price of goods or not, obviously due to many factors in the past 50 years. Although goods were significantly cheaper then, I wouldn't want to be making the equivalent of $6 an hour now. Another big point of labor laws is obviously going to be working conditions. Up until 1938, children were allowed to work in factories even at the age of just 12. Factories are already dangerous enough working environments, but when you consider it being 1915 and all of this new technology and machinery was nearly brand new and safety wasn't taken into consideration, that's even worse. A big eye-opener of these working conditions is that almost 31,000 people died to workplace due to workplace injuries in 1920. Compare that to 2018, where the population is nearly tripled by now, and workplace deaths are down to 4,700. In an effort to bring down this number even more, OSHA was founded in 1971. OSHA, standing for Occupational Safety and Health Association, is here to ensure safe and healthy working environments for every employee through training, proper education, and assistance. This seems to have worked too, as according to the CDC, workplace fatalities took a huge dive in the late 1900s and have been continuing to stay low as well.
the last topic we will be covering is income tax. Income tax is defined as the money the government takes out of your earnings in order to pay for government obligations, provide goods for citizens, and fund public services. It all started in 1913 when the states ratified the 16th Amendment, instituting income tax. The income tax from 1913 is nothing like how it is today. The income tax that they started off with was 1% on incomes higher than $3,000 and 6% on incomes higher than $500,000. This changed big time in 1916 when the U.S. needed money for World War I. The highest income tax jumped all the way up from 15% in 1916 to 67% in 1917 and from 67% to 77% in 1918. War is very expensive. After the war, the income taxes dropped to 25% in 1925. This would not continue, of course, because when the Great Depression struck, the highest earners in the U.S. went from 25% uh, to 63%. And when another war came around, World War II, and the top rate peaked at about 94% on income over $200,000. That is a very high tax rate. In the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the income tax remained uh, high, around 70%. In 1981, the Economic uh, Recovery Tax Act brought the highest rate from 70% to 50%. In the 90s, the top rate stayed at about 40%, and that didn't change much until today. Well, now we are sitting at about 37%. It's crazy how much the income tax rate changed in the early 1900s, and it must have been really hard to adapt. Hopefully, the income tax will never reach above 80% today, because I certainly do not want to be broke. Yeah, I definitely don't want to be broke either. 94% at the highest rate during World War II is crazy. I don't want to be living during those times. Well, that's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for watching, and I will see you next time on the Laws Evolved podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Laws Evolved podcast. I'm Jack Hansen. And I'm Carter Thompson. Last episode, we talked about why laws change over time and gave you a brief introduction Today, we're going to tell you some examples of laws that have changed over time and the impact that they had on our country. We're going to talk about when these laws were introduced as well as what they look like today and what kind of impact they had on our country due to the changes. An example of one law that has changed over time is the minimum voting age. Voting is a fundamental process in a democratic system, and it is very important. If people don't get to vote or don't choose to vote, they're missing out on a chance to stand up for our country and future generations. Voting gives people the chance to support candidates that can help you, your community, state, and nation. 
Voting also gives a chance for people to have a voice, and that is very important. Before 1970, American citizens had to be 21 years old to vote. The problem with this was it didn't allow some young, educated people to vote. Also, some people in the military thought that if they could join the military at age 18, they should also be able to vote. In the U.S. right now, there are over 12 million people that are from 18 to 21 years old that would not be able to vote. That means that 12 million people would be missing out on voting in every single election, and this is a problem. This problem was solved 50 years ago when Carl Albert endorsed a law that lowered the voting age to 18 years old. The amendment passed by a vote of 401 to 19 on March 23, 1970. This law empowered more young people than ever, ever before to help shape the U.S. Also, a lot of groups of people have gained the right to vote over time. When our country was first established, only white men aged 21 and older could vote. This could have changed the outcome of some elections back in the day because so many people who lived in the U.S. weren't allowed to vote. In 1868, African Americans who were former slaves gained the right to vote under the 14th Amendment. And in uh, 1870, it was announced that all races could vote. However, this did not mean Native Americans and women could vote. Uh, This would change in 1920 when the 19th Amendment was passed, and women gained the right to vote in both state and federal elections. Then Native Americans became citizens with the Indian Citizenship Act of 1924, and the government allowed states to decide whether they allowed the Native Americans to vote, and uh, this was not changed until 1965, uh, where all Native Americans could vote. It's crazy how much our country has changed since the establishment of our nation, especially citizenship and voting rights. Yeah, another policy or law we'll be covering today is about labor. Labor laws have many subcategories but I found minimum wage to be one of the most prominent changes over time. For example, minimum wage now in 2020 is $10 an hour in Illinois, but back in 1960, it was only $1 an hour. That obviously doesn't seem like a lot to begin with, and even when inflation is accounted for, that still comes out to only $6 an hour now according to stateofworkingamerica.org. Speaking of inflation, the price of bread nowadays is about $3.50 per loaf. But back in 1960, it was only about 20 cents, or one ninety after inflation is accounted for. In today's world, minimum wage is definitely a controversial topic among nearly everybody. Some people say it'll be better for lower-income workers, while others say it'll just end up raising the price of goods and services and have nearly no positive effect. Looking at these numbers here, it is definitely hard to tell, 
whether the minimum wage increase really did change up the price of goods or not, obviously due to many factors in the past 50 years. Although goods were significantly cheaper then, I wouldn't want to be making the equivalent of $6 an hour now. Another big point of labor laws is obviously going to be working conditions. Up until 1938, children were allowed to work in factories even at the age of just 12. Factories are already dangerous enough working environments, but when you consider it being 1915 and all of this new technology and machinery was nearly brand new and safety wasn't taken into consideration, that's even worse. A big eye-opener of these working conditions is that almost 31,000 people died to workplace due to workplace injuries in 1920. Compare that to 2018, where the population is nearly tripled by now, and workplace deaths are down to 4,700. In an effort to bring down this number even more, OSHA was founded in 1971. OSHA, standing for Occupational Safety and Health Association, is here to ensure safe and healthy working environments for every employee through training, proper education, and assistance. This seems to have worked too, as according to the CDC, workplace fatalities took a huge dive in the late 1900s and have been continuing to stay low as well. The last topic we will be covering is income tax. Income tax is defined as the money the government takes out of your earnings in order to pay for government obligations, provide goods for citizens, and fund public services. It all started in 1913 when the states ratified the 16th Amendment, instituting income tax. The income tax from 1913 is nothing like how it is today. The income tax that they started off with was 1% on incomes higher than $3,000 and 6% on incomes higher than $500,000. This changed big time in 1916 when the U.S. needed money for World War I. The highest income tax jumped all the way up from 15% in 1916 to 67% in 1917 and from 67% to 77% in 1918. War is very expensive. After the war, the income taxes dropped to 25% in 1925. This would not continue, of course, because when the Great Depression struck, the highest earners in the U.S. went from 25% uh, to 63%. And... When another war came around, World War II, and the top rate peaked at about 94% on income over $200,000. That is a very high tax rate. In the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the income tax remained uh, high, around 70%. In 1981, the Economic uh, Recovery Tax Act brought the highest rate from 70% to 50%. In the 90s, the top rate stayed at about 40%, and that didn't change much until today, 
Well, now we are sitting at about 37%. It's crazy how much the income tax rate changed in the early 1900s, and it must have been really hard to adapt. Hopefully, the income tax will never reach above 80% today, because I certainly do not want to be broke. Yeah, I definitely don't want to be broke either. 94% at the highest rate during World War II is crazy. I don't want to be living during those times. Well, that's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for watching, and I will see you next time on the Laws Evolved podcast.